0: And here we are. This is Rob Mosley and this is the Tall Talk Podcast. And on this episode, we'll be discussing Raising Kings. The black the young black man in our lives. Um and oh, I messed that up. Okay, just keep on. And and we're back. This is the Tall Talk Podcast. On this episode we'll be discussing Raising Kings, young black men. Um, I recently, this past weekend, um, got a text from my god sister that my godson had been shot and I, I just, I kind of dropped my phone and I, I didn't know, like it didn't register to me and I was so worried and like, didn't know what to do. Um, she told me that it happened in Saginaw, Michigan and she was on her way to the hospital. Uh, my sister, my biological sister ended up calling me and she was hysterical crying and couldn't barely make out anything what she was saying because we didn't know what was what had happened, the full details of what happened just yet. So uh Tiffany says she would call me once she got there and found out. Um long story short, he's he's home, he's doing well, he's gonna be okay. But just the thought of things not being okay kind of just made me think about a lot. So I have all together I have six godsons, two that are in their twenties, two that are teenagers, and then my youngest, um, uh, my sister son and my young one of my younger brothers' sons are also my godsons, and they're both two years old. So when I look at them and I I I see pieces of me in them. Uh from being around them, from raising them. And you know, we want to protect our boys so much, but sometimes we don't want to overprotect them either. Um you you we have to worry about black boys in this world because it's kind of a, a war against them. Um, especially teenagers and in in that that age of teenage to young adults they're they're f- trying to figure out who they are. They're, they're trying to navigate through this world and, and they're going to make mistakes. They're going to do stupid things that you know that you didn't raise them to do. But it's, it's a point where we have to have these conversations with them and to be able to talk to them about things in hopes that they will come and talk to us before they get into situations that might, you know, be dangerous for them. And, so, Keisha, I know you're raising a, a son, too. So, you care to, you know, talk about it a little bit, how you feel about the subject?
1: Yeah. Um, you know, your your kids are, you know, whether it's biological, you know, God kids or, or kids in your life, you know, are your heart. And, you know, you want to protect them from everything. Um, and, and while we know that we can, it, it's, it's a struggle um, when you want to raise them, you know, to be strong and you don't want them to be naive and be aware of how cold this world is but at the same time like you want to love on them and um and protect them and and show them that they're special so it's for me it's always just been a balance of i want to show you that you love but i also need to protect you because i don't want you to go out here thinking that it's all love when it's really not so that's that's really what i struggle with
0: right right and i think too like you know Growing up, especially like, I think more so now it's, it's, it's adjusted, a, it's changed a little bit, but, you know, back in the day, it was always, boy, straighten up, boy, you better not cry, you know, da 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 you, you weren't supposed to show your emotions. And I think that when you do that to these young boys, it teaches them that, they're supposed to hold everything in and you can't possibly do that. You you have to be able to express, you have to have somebody that you express and let things out to or it, cause if you don't, it's going to end up exploding and it's going to happen at school on a teacher or in a place where it could really get them in trouble. And so I think it's important to have conversations with, and, and, and I don't want to leave out daughters and, and nieces and all that too, because we need to talk to our girls too. But I think that with these boys, is this toxic masculinity culture is ruining a lot of young black men and they feel that they're supposed to behave a certain way and supposed to act a certain way. And that's not necessarily it. Now, I'm not saying, you know, raise them to be so sheltered where they're not street smart, but it got to be a balance of it. And I'm I'm not seeing a lot of that, you know, with, with the youth today. And that's one of the things that I I really want to instill in the young men in my life. Like, Hey, I'm that uncle. I'm that guy daddy that you could always call and talk to about anything. Never feel that you got to hold anything in. And sometimes I know like, you know, you don't want to talk to your parents about certain things because you feel that they don't Mm -hmm. understand or they're going to, you know, always be right in the situation. So it's like, I, I will, I'll encourage people to if you see a young boy that feel like you, that you might like sometimes it's just a, a a feeling like if you see a young boy that look like he might go be going through something or might need somebody to talk to, just reach out to him. Like and I've done that plenty of times. I've I've seen, you know, guys and it's like a group of guys and you it's always that one who looks a little bit uncomfortable. Like, yeah, I probably shouldn't be hanging with them. But, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I am. And I remember I I, I did that before and I, I kind of pulled him to the side and just talked to him and come to find out he was like, yeah, I, you know, this is, this is not me. Like, and I told him, I said, go home, just go home because you're going to end up getting <laughs> yourself into some trouble that you're not going to be able to get out of because, and they don't care. They're not your friends. They they have you out here doing stupid stuff and your mom probably don't know who you with or where you are. So I think it's important for these boys to have those outlets. And I would love to create a pro- program that, you know, I've did the big brothers and um sisters program before and I had a little brother. Well they call him yeah, yeah, they call him little brothers. And I was a big. So I had um a little brother before and he lived in Decatur. We lost contact. Um his mom was a little inappropriate. And so I kinda mm-hmm. I had to I I wanted to be able to keep in contact with him, but not have to deal with his mom. So, <laughs> so it kind of got a little weird, and we ended up losing contact. And I I, I often think about him, like where is he at now? Because he's now he's probably he probably in his early twenties now. Um, but oh wow, yeah, it's it's been a couple years since I seen him. Um, yeah, and I, I
1: also think when boys don't have that. Like you, like you were talking about earlier, when boys are encouraged, like, not to cry and um, not express their emotions, it can not only manifest as, you know, like, lashing out, um, but, you know, it could turn into, like, abuse, you know, of their partner as they get older. It could turn into substance abuse because they don't know how else to process and they want to get away from those feelings and they're not, they feel like they can't cry about it. Um, it could also turn into self-harm. Um, you know, where they're cutting or, you know, maybe, you know, attempting suicide. So I don't think that we, you know, just as parents or as a Black community, think of the other impacts that we are having on, you know, young children, especially boys, when we're telling them not to cry, when we're telling them not to do something as natural as breathing. Um, And when they, and they find other ways um, to let that out. So we are really, um, it really can be detrimental when, you know, when when we're pushing this on God. So I'm, I'm glad that, you know, you are, you know, you have a community of, of of family members that you look out for. You also did the, the uh, big brother, big sister, and, you know, some type of program like you said just where people have someone to talk to because like you said a lot of times like even though we like to think that we cool you know the cool mom and cool you know uncle Gimi or whatever we get old to them (laughs) and they not gonna want to talk to us after a while you know so you know being able to to just have a community of people you know that are younger than us and college students and you know you never know who a kid might feel like they can relate to
0: right and and with my like for instance with my niece with Kenya's daughter, I would call her sometimes and she would not like she just sit there and be holding the phone and I'm like, McKenzie, you're not gonna talk to me? She would not talk. Mm-hmm. But it's like when I went home over the summer, I hung out with her and she was she was like with me the whole time. It was for um, uh-huh. one of my brother's older wedding what his his wedding he got married this summer. And so Kenya I mean McKenzie was with me. And as I'm with her and spending time with her I see that she started to open up more, like she started to talk more. So now she'd just FaceTime me out the blue and just talk to me. And it I think kids have to get comfortable being around an adult sometimes <laughs> because they mm-hmm. they don't know what they don't know what they can and can't do. And now I'm gonna be the fun uncle, but I'm gonna have my 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 line that I draw too. So, like, right, I, I I let her know like, hey, okay, let's not go too far, but I I want her to be able to be comfortable talking with me and just how I talk to the boys, you know, um, and 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 like I say, the focus don't need. To, I don't want the focus to be just on the boys because I think girls need that those type of conversation too, and girls need girls need men in their life that are positive men. So they don't end up out here being with these losers, (laughs) these dudes that don't know how to talk to women, don't know how to treat them. You know what I'm saying? So I think that that's important too. And I think she has that. She has a good balance of that between me and my brother, my dad, Um, her dad, he definitely schools her on things. So I I, I think it's important for, you know, for the girls that have that too. But like I said, with with boys, I just look at the the way that you know things happens in the news and stuff that's been going on lately, and over this past year with the the Black Lives Matter movement and everything, and I I think a lot of these boys they don't value life anymore, because um, it's not just you know the sometimes it's our boys killing and harming. Our boys, like they're they're doing it to our, their selves, and it's like they don't value. Like, you get called out on something. Sometimes it's okay to just walk away. It's okay to walk right. away because I I'm the type of person where I don't like to argue. Like, I try and avoid an argument or a confrontation at any point because I know where I go when I, when when you know when you when you get into an <laughs> argument, you go to another place and. Mm-hmm you start saying stuff that you probably wouldn't say if you had time to think it out. But when you're arguing with somebody, it's like you got to get your stuff out before they get there. And that's how things uh-huh. escalate. That's how things escalate. And before you know it, boom, somebody done got shot. And it's like you right. can't take that back. And that's what the 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 kids don't realize because they get a hold to guns, however they get a hold to it. And, oh, I'm going to take this gun to school and... You know, I'ma call such and such out, and before you know it, you done shot somebody and it, it it can't be taken back. And it's like that's why you know you can't tell people how to raise their kids, and that's a real sensitive subject with people, <laughs> even though some parents, even though some parents shouldn't be parents (laughs) people will cuss you out (laughs) yeah people will cuss you out but it's like at what point are you going to take responsibility that your child is out here doing all of these things and they're pretty much raising themselves because you're not you're not doing anything to like prevent some of the stuff that they're doing when i um when i'm out at work and i'm delivering packages in certain neighborhoods i go in and i just i just look at these kids and i'm like wow like they they really live in hard lives out here and it's not their fault you know it's, it's not their fault at all um they don't have any control over it they're just they're kids they're growing up and it's in certain areas it's just like wow like I'm I'm thankful for having the parents that I had that like worked hard so we you know we had nice things and and gave us those lessons those those uh, you know get in the house and clean up and do it. I'm so thankful for my mom for all of that because now as an adult like I you know I, I appreciate that and I realize why she was doing all of that but like some of these kids don't have that and I I would love to create programs like I said for for kids and just to have black men in their lives that care about them that that want to see them do good and are like really showing them hey there's a different way to go you don't need to be out hanging in the streets at all times of night and that, that's one thing like you know you remember the whole when the street lights come on you get in the house
2: mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: Some of these streets don't even have streetlights now and these kids be out all times of night and I'm just like wow like where are their parents at right like, do anybody care like what what's going on and Atlanta is a, a a city where you know I could say is is it's like New York where it's 24 hours but pfft, people come here and they they want to party and and I, I see kids out and I'm like I know they they're they not over 18 they're not even close to 21 <laughs> well, Why are they out at this time of night but they they hanging and it and it's, it's the culture of it all um and, and don't get me wrong you as a teenager you got to have fun it's, it's it's important to have fun but at the same time like some of the situations that these kids be in is it's crazy and it's dangerous. Um, I don't and a know. big
1: part of it is exposure as well. Um, a lot of times if you only see what's in front of you that's what you expi- it, it, uh, that's what you aspire to be um, and and for some kids you know who people might look at as troubled or who have lost their way it's just that they they have never seen anything outside of you know their neighborhoods or now on Instagram. Right. And now maybe they're chasing, you know, different images that they see. So um, I love the idea of, you know, even outside of just an outreach program, just, you know, um, just the things, you know, that, that you do or the things that I do. Because um, a lot of times, you know, people, um, I always say, like, just I love when people share what they're doing. Like, there are a lot of professions that I didn't even know about as a kid. and. Um, Right, I got into learning and development in corporate America, and I didn't know that was a thing um, growing up, just because I hadn't been exposed to it. And so I look at it as the same thing, you know. Depending on where you grow grow up and your demographic, you may just not know certain things exist, or you may not know that Black people do do different things. Like I was talking to um, one of my uh, friend's daughters, and she like had heard of like you know the stock market and all of that, but she didn't know that Black people. Invested in a stock market. And wow. I was talking to her about that. And she was like, Yeah, I, I just imagine like stock market and Wall Street just like old white men. And I'm like, Girl, no, like I invest. Like, you know, I was asking, I was like, Did you shop at Forever 21? She was like, All the time. And I'm like, You know, you can invest in Forever 21. Like, you know, you can take 30 $40 because now you can buy partial stock and you can own a piece of the company that you shop at. And she just thought it was so cool. So just, you know, whether it's something as large as an impact, you know, program that you build on your own or in your community, or just having a conversation and sharing with a young person what you do, what you're working on, um, could could open their eyes to something that, you know, like in this case, she thought it was just for old white men.
0: Right. Because that's all you see on TV. They never show us <laughs> in those positions and, and and when you see it on TV it's like oh that's right that's that it got to be right that's the only way <laughs> so right. a lot of them that's all they ever saw um yeah and, and like you said there's so many different careers and and options to go into cuz if if every everything is in cookie cutter everybody don't want to be the same thing and i think that to to expose kids to as much of the arts as possible um and you know, a lot of these a lot of schools have taken out uh music programs, um, PE, uh, home ec is non existent now. Like and and yes, these boys need to learn how to cook. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they need to learn how to cook too. So it's like a lot of this stuff that's just been taken out of the schools in, in general that, that can help them too. Because like when we had wood shop class, um mm-hmm. I remember like, oh, this is cool. Like, we actually getting to build something and, you know, da, 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 I wasn't really interested in, like, building furniture and all that. But to be able to create something in that class for that, you know, that semester, it was like, oh, this was different. And it just opens your mind up to to more possibilities of what you can do and what you can be. Um, And I definitely think, like, a lot of these schools need to put those programs back in there because a lot of these kids don't know how to cook. <laughs> they, 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 don't, they, they wouldn't be able to take care of themselves you know like they they depended on an adult to do it and it's like you know I, and that's one thing like we we would stay in the kitchen when my grandmother and grandfather was cooking or even when my mom like I learned like because plus I love to eat so you know <laughs> I had to figure out how to do it on my own so yeah I think that the schools definitely need those kind of programs again even if it's an after school program that you could sign your kid up for like if they're not an athlete and they don't play sports or they're not in the band or something have a program that could get them some skills that they could get a job with you know that can help them you know not be in the streets after school uh yeah so um do you do you have any um other questions or or like something else that you want to talk about on this subject?
1: Yeah, I think the big thing as well is like now I feel like entrepreneurship and being your own boss, like, you know, our boss words, boss words, buzzwords. And, um, you know, what people, the kids are seeing on YouTube and Instagram and TikTok and whatever social media platform I'm too old to know about. Um, they are seeing that. And they see I don't work for nobody and I'm not wearing a suit to work and they see all of that. I do what I want to do and I travel, but they don't see the behind the scenes like the investment and the hours. And, you know, what happens is you don't meet payroll for your employees and now you don't have now you have people who, you know, won't work for you because you can't pay them. And now you're losing money.
2: Right.
1: Um, you know, paying taxes quarterly. You get these thousands of dollars and say, you know, you have a product, your product is selling, um, but you have to go back and pay taxes on that. Are you keeping your books in order? What does keeping your books in order even mean? Um, you know, what contracts do you have need to have in place? So, um, I know personally, for my kids, I've been teaching them for about finances for a while, um, and now we're transitioning to I'm um, helping them understand business credit, and you know, they help us with. Um, with our transportation company and and I told them like I want you guys to understand and be able to apply these skills in real life but also to help you make decisions like now you see what it looks like behind the scenes behind the curtain of being an entrepreneur is this something you interested in um and that might push them and say you know what I want to go to college because I want to do the corporate thing or they might say oh wow I learned a lot about you know running a business in the transportation industry, I want to start my own business doing this, you know, doing whatever it is. But I think now um, being an entrepreneur on the outside gets a lot of glitz and glamour and people kind of say, oh, you're working for the white man? if you do a corporate, but you know, our partners at corporate, because we need allies there to help us get in some of those doors as small businesses or to get grants wow. um, and other funds from these these big corporations. So we definitely need you know, our black sisters and brothers at the table in corporate America. So everybody is valuable. Right. Um, but I think, you know, just exposure. Um, I'm huge on exposure to, you know, whatever it is that is glorified, you know, whether, you know, some people want to be rappers or go to the NBA. What does that look like behind the scenes? Because my son is really big on, you know, wanting to go to the NBA. And I looked up numbers. I can't remember them, but I was telling him, like, out of all of these, this number of college players only about 3% are going to go to the NBA and, you know, only about 1% are going to be the Kobe's and the LeBron's and the Michael Jordan's that you see and that you aspire to be. Right. So we started looking into things, other things around the league that he could do, you know, like would you want to be, you know, a manager or maybe get into sports medicine or marketing or an agent. And let's look at them, what you would have to major in, in college. Let's look at, you know, different things that you can do is being around basketball you know, is your thing. And even if you're that LeBron James type of player, what if you get injured?
2: Right.
1: Um, You see a lot of these young guys, you know, who their whole lives have been groomed to go to the NBA or NFL. They have a career and an uh, injury and then one, they don't have any other skills because they didn't care about anything. And then, you know, they go through depression or they might get, you know, be addicted to some type of substance, you know, because of all of the pressure that comes with that. So I think, you know, in mentoring and looking out and protecting our our black children, um we we need to expose them um to to prepare them uh for life as well.
0: All right. Oh, and so I want to circle back a little bit to our conversation that we had last night. Um I remember you saying like when you your boyfriend first started dating and how the affection that he shows to his kids and we were talking about that a little bit and we also talked about how um it was kind of a difficult decision for you to let your son go live with his father.
1: Yeah, so um so yeah, so first I started with my boyfriend. He has three sons um that he raises by himself and um he's very affectionate towards them. Like, you know, he cuddles with them and, and, and picks them up and hugs them and kisses them. And for me, I've never seen that with a Black man. Like, even when I saw fathers that were in their children's lives, it was more so, you know, hey, what's up, little buddy, little man, little bruh. You know, almost like a, a I guess like the some people call it toxic masculinity. I can't think of uh, another term, but you know, more so like the little homie right? Um versus like I love you, son. Like, you you are special son. You matter. Let me embrace you. Um, so and in and, and seeing that, I see um, how his, his sons um, are. And I was sharing with you last night, his youngest son um, met a, a friend of ours in the family. And when um, he, he introduced them, he, I introduced the two of them to each other. He gave him a hug. And, you know, we, we were all kind of shocked, like, oh, it was a sweet surprise. And typically, you know, you don't see that from little boys because little boys are always, you know, trying to be, are taught to be, you know, so tough and, you know, you know, giving pounds and all of that. So I, um, I'm, I'm grateful to be able to experience this, um, firsthand to see a father, um, love on his children that way. Wow. And, um, In the same vein, my um, son, he's 13 now, but he really started acting up um, around fourth or fifth grade, you know, just with school and kind of acting out and everything. And he, um, his father um, lives in a different state, but he's always been active in his life. Before then, he would go um, and stay with him every summer. And so, you know, I told him, I was like, Hey, you know, this is going on, you know, he's not listening to me, you know, he's he's just really getting to this point where it's very difficult for me to handle and if we neither of us, you know, with our work situation, we're in a position to move um closer to each other. So he said, Hey, you know, um, this might be a real difficult for you or whatever, but would you be willing to, to let him come and stay with me? Like, let me try my hand at it. And um, you know, coming from a family where you know, it was you know my great grandmother, my grandmother. You know, it was just all women, single moms. Um, me sending him to to live with his dad was a very difficult decision. You know, I felt judged. Um, I didn't know if I was doing the right thing. Um, I felt guilty. You know, um, at the time, my my um, daughter, she was she was very young. So you know, I felt like, am I giving him up and and keeping my daughter? Um, And I had to in my mind. I'm like, you know what? Let's normalize parents actually co-parenting. Neither are the parents like just because I'm the mom. Like I'm not the main parent. Like we are both fifty percent his parents. We both love him equally, and if we both have the resources to take care of him, and he's not doing so well here, let's try something different. And. His dad and I have a really great relationship, and he, and and our families have great relationships. So you know, we visit, um, we visit often. Um, actually, my son's he turned thirteen in August, and his birthday, uh, which was just for both sides of his family to have a birthday party with him. So me and my family flew from Charlotte to St. Louis, and we had a big birthday party at his grandmother's house. Um, and him and his dad have, you know, a really special relationship that I don't feel would have been cultivated like it, it it has been you know had they not um spent this time together and I went from you know feeling guilty when I would talk to people you know I would say oh you know I have two kids or some people would say oh I thought you had a son um to feeling guilty to actually being proud to say right. yeah he lives with his dad um and just as a mom like that was just something I felt like and even like back When I would go out when the world was open, you know, I would I would feel guilty. Like, oh, I'm in the club. But I'm like, but wait a minute. He's with his dad. It's not like he's at home with pizza parked in front of the TV at three o'clock in the morning while I'm in the club. Like he's literally with his dad. And I know and I always tell people I don't consider myself a single mom um, because, you know, I I know I've seen it firsthand when there is no support on the other end and, and what single parents have to deal with. Um, it, I'm a co-parent, and I'm blessed to be, to be a co-parent, and um, and it's something that I'm no longer ashamed of, and I know that the two of us, um, collectively, and although it might not look traditional, you know, the mom and dad in the house, um, it may not look traditional or whatever, but we are raising him um, the best way that we know how as parents, and so uh, you know, I went from a place of of embarrassment about it to, to being proud and, and grateful that we're able to do this for him.
0: Right. And so have you has there been a, a dramatic change in his behavior? Like how how has he adjusted or was like in the beginning, how was the adjustment?
1: Um it thankfully because his dad has always been his life and he would go every summer and he has um cousins. He has a, a brother who's twenty now and he um plays college football and my son just I mean he that is his person. That is forget me, forget his dad. That is just the best person on walking this earth <laughs> to him. So I'm glad that he has a role model, um, and his a positive role model and you know, someone that he can talk to when he doesn't feel comfortable talking to us. He has a big family down there. Um, so he's always been close to them. So it was um it it wasn't a big adjustment. It was just now like, you know, his him and his dad at nighttime, you know, they're sitting and talking. And you know his dad um, had been like the coach of his AAU basketball team, and now um, his dad is a part of being uh, my boyfriend's company, the transportation company. Uh, we own the company and purchased the truck, and his dad is a truck driver and he drives the truck. So I'm glad that my son gets to see us working together.
2: Wow. Um, wow.
1: And and you know I always tell him like you know, we, we don't, we don't talk about it. Like we're actually about it when we say we love you and we will do anything, um, for you. We will, we don't do things that are just convenient for me or just convenient for him. Um, and, you know, coming together, you know, to work together, you know, my son, you know, he was looking at both of us and he was just like, this is so cool. Like, wow. Right. so you know it's it's one of the better and and we and and me and his dad we used to go back and forth because i was always like no he used to go to college and his dad in a former life um was an electrician so he's always been about trades, you know, learning the trades. And I'm like, no, he needs to go to college. And so now, you know, years later, I'm like, oh, maybe this entrepreneurship and trade. Maybe this is it. But, you know, I, I again, don't want to, to push my beliefs on him. So, you know, I teach him from the business side, entrepreneurship, um, and, you know, what it looks like to be a business owner. And he rides, you know, in the truck with his dad sometimes. So he gets to see what it's like on the road. Um, and just understanding like the different parts of a truck and, you know, when they're out at the truck stop, he's networking and teaching him how to talk to people and look people in the eye and and different things. So I am just, uh, so grateful that we're in a place to not only co-parent him from like an emotional educational standpoint, but also to be able to come together to teach him skills that will, um that will benefit him long after he's out of
0: the house with either one of us. Right. Right. And then that's a good thing to to have that, to be around that and to, to show him like, you know, there's other, there's other ways of, of doing things. And now he sees, you know, that everything don't have to be by the book. Like he could, he could create his own business. He could be, self-made man and, and you know and there's so many options out there to to go into so i think i think that's a very good thing that y'all are doing that, and that y'all are able to do that because some people can't co-parent and sometimes i I, <laughs> I i look at some of the couples that can't co-parent and are constantly arguing and it's just like wow like y'all actually y'all created this child together and y'all can't stand each other now like and can't even get along for the sake of the child <laughs> that's crazy to me like yeah and it, and it and it doesn't help the child at all like to see that to be around that so i think that that y'all are able to do that that is a great thing and like like you said you know he has his dad he's with his dad and he has his big brother and that's that's something that you know like Big brothers, like little brothers, think the world of their big brothers. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. <laughs> so to be able to uh, talk to, to to their big brother is is a, a good thing. So that that's good that he gets to see him like that all the time.
1: Yeah, and he gets to see him in college, and and you know, once COVID clears up, he'll be able to go visit him. So you know, he'll get the college perspective. You know, he'll get the entrepreneur um perspective you know he still plays basketball it things so that way and um you know we are we are doing the best we can but you know once our our children are away from us whether you know they turn 18 and they go away or you know just even when they're hanging out with their friends when they're younger than that you hope and pray that they make the best decision right. um and, and sometimes you know you you hear about a kid being getting caught up in something and, you know, people are like, oh, he was a good kid and he had good parents and I don't know why he did that. And, you know, I always say, you know, we were, we were given, you know, our children to, to watch over for a period of time, but we don't own them and we can't make decisions for them. And so I'm um, coming to grips and starting to accept that I give him all that I can. And, and, and not to say that I'm the perfect parent, because there are some negative things that he's probably picked up for me that he. Either does, or you like, eh, I don't want to do. Um, but, but as parents, we do the best that I we can, and we hope and pray that our our children uh, make good decisions. But you know, even when they don't, we we still support them. And I know I have not always made the best decisions, so I put myself in that vein too. So we are all human, but just our right. to the best that we can. All
0: right. So um I, we're going to go ahead and, and, and wrap up this conversation on, on Raising Kings. Um And I want to I personally take time to say to Joseph, Malcolm, Caden, Coy, J- Jalen. I almost forgot my baby name. Jalen and Kendrick, this is your God, Daddy. I love you with all my heart. And anytime you guys need to talk to me, I will always be there for you. No matter what. Even if I think you're wrong, I'm here. So one day you're going to listen to this, and you, you I, I want you to realize how important you are to me. Um, Malcolm, you gave us a scare, <laughs> a serious scare. Um, God has big plans for you, and that's why he kept you here. And I, I, I hope you see that, and I hope you realize how much everyone loves you and how important you are to us. Um, with that being said, I'm gonna go ahead and close out. Keisha, did you have any last words?
1: No, I always forget this. Um, when you were speaking to your godkids, and I love that. Um, and I hope they listen. My mom always reminds me, like every three or four years. Did you know that your mom is my godmom?
0: I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, She always reminds me. Like we might see something, like did she post or whatever on like Facebook or whatever. She's like, you know, Miranda's your godmom.
0: I oh, you did tell me that like five years ago. I didn't know that. Okay. Learn something new every day. Right. So, you're my god sister. Right. Okay. So, this has been a fun conversation, too. And I, like I say, again, I just want to stress the importance. Like, anybody who's listened to this, like... Try your best to reach a young man. If you don't have kids or, or you know, if you're an uncle, if you're a godfather, or if, if it's the, the, the neighbor's next door child, you see him doing wrong, try and talk to him. I know that sometimes some of these kids don't want to, you know, listen, but just try and reach them. I think that it's important to be an influence in someone in a young Young person's life, and to to try and guide them in the in the right direction. You can't always save everybody, but you can do your part to 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 try and help. So, this has been the Tall Talk podcast with Ra, and watching,
1: girl.
0: and we'll see you next time. Well, you'll hear us next time. <laughs>